Welcome to Insights On Demand, a podcast from Business Talent Group, where we discuss the latest developments in the future of work and other pressing business issues. Today, we're excited to present a conversation between BTG Managing Director Sharon Chehaver and John O'Hara, the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. John was recently tapped to lead J&J's COVID-19 Pharmaceutical Supply Chain Task Force. He has deep experience in the pharmaceutical industry and first-hand knowledge of the unique supply chain issues companies such as J&J must now grapple with in light of the current pandemic. Without further ado, here are Sharon and John. Welcome to the podcast, John. I've had the pleasure of working with you and your team at Johnson & Johnson for the past couple of years. So I'm really delighted to have you on the podcast today to share some of your insights with us. Hey, thanks, Sharon. Happy to be here. So you've been in pharmaceutical and manufacturing and supply chain for most, if not all, of your career. Could you please walk us through the main roles and responsibilities that you've had and what you're focused on currently? Yeah, absolutely, Sharon. So really, I've been in supply chain my entire career. And even when I was a co-op student as a mechanical engineer back in college, but I've been with J&J now for 24 years with the first eight of those in our med device sector. And then I came to farm and have spent the last 16 years with roles in our small molecule API manufacturing, where I was an engineer and then the site general manager. I then transferred to oral solid dosage manufacturing for four years as the general manager of our plant in Garabo, Puerto Rico. I then had the opportunity to take on a non-make-centered role in our demand and affiliate supply team. And then these last couple of years uh, that you and I have been working together, I've been leading a number of our strategic programs and projects in our network. And then most recently, with the outbreak of COVID-19, as you mentioned, I've been leading our pharma supply chain crisis task force. What I love is that you've had such a well-rounded set of roles within pharma supply chain, including your on-site responsibilities as a site general manager. And now you're really in the center of this global health crisis as the leader of the pharma supply chain crisis task force. But at the same time, the safety and the effectiveness of our pharmaceutical supply chain has always been a critical issue for our world. So I'm curious, in what ways has this pandemic and your leadership role in addressing this crisis changed the way you and your team work? And in what ways has it stayed the same? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's interesting for us to kind of step back a bit and think about how we're all working in these new times with social distancing and working from home. And for me, it's been about finding even more creative ways to make use of our digital tools and how to work across our teams, be it using, say, Skype or Zoom or Microsoft's Teams, the ability to have everyone's cameras on and keep and maintain those connections. It's just been so critical. But let me also say, Sharon, that I couldn't be more proud of our people in the manufacturing plants who continue to go to work every day in this new normal to make the important compounds and medicines that are just so critically important every day. They've done and really continue to do just a tremendous job. But as I think about our task force and the work that we're doing across the supply chain, the rate of change has been astounding. It was certainly fast before COVID-19, but in light of the pandemic and just the implications across our supply chain, it's just been incredible. So take, for instance, the implications on air travel. 
as we've seen the amount of passenger flights greatly reduce, it's really impacted our ability to move material and has required just constant triage from our transportation organization. Similarly with our suppliers. We had an issue just last week where we needed material from one of our suppliers in the U.S. to get to one of our European facilities within a couple of days, and yet our supplier was being quoted two weeks transportation. But with the help of our logistics team, we were able to step in and find alternatives that allowed us to get the material just in time and not risk our production window. So just an incredible job on their part. Really getting back to your question, I think what's really changed is needing to stay on top of all of our supply chain processes and deploy teams rapidly that have the right skills and competencies and decision-making authority to make it happen. It's really clear from your examples that having this very clear set of principles, decision-making authorities, and the governance structure to guide your decisions in real time is more important than ever in responding to this pandemic and the ever-changing next normal. To address this need, J&J recently created the Ethical Decision Framework based on the J&J Credo to help manage your response. For those listeners who are not familiar, John, could you please tell us more about the J&J Credo and the Ethical Decision Framework? And also, I'm really curious how they are driving your short-term response to COVID-19, but also the long-term decisions for what's to come next. Yeah, absolutely. Let me first start with our credo. It was written by Robert Wood Johnson in 1943, just prior to Jane Day becoming a publicly traded company. What's amazing, though, is that he wrote our credo long before anyone had really ever heard of corporate social responsibility. Our credo really sets forth our priorities in four very clear paragraphs. The first is to our patients, doctors, nurses, mothers, and fathers who use our products and that they must be of the highest quality. The second paragraph is dedicated to our employees across the world in that we must provide an inclusive work environment where each person must be considered as an individual. The third to our communities where we live and work. And then lastly, the fourth paragraph to our shareholders. And what I think is the most telling in this paragraph is how General Johnson stated it. It says, When we operate according to these principles, the stockholders should realize a fair return. It's the use of the word should. This is what really has stuck with me over the course of my 24 years with J&J and was the very first hook when I read this prior to my interviews. Using the word should was just so powerful for me. Now, in light of COVID-19, through the office of our chief medical officer, We've created the ethical framework to guide our decisions. That was developed with internal and external experts and provides an ethics-based framework for decision-making and how we'll allocate supply. It's absolutely consistent with our credo and emphasizes on reducing suffering, saving the greatest number of lives, and supporting those on the front line. And there's four key priorities in our ethical framework. First and foremost, to maintain supply for patients who currently rely on the treatment. Second, the supply for well-randomized controlled clinical trials. Third, other supplies to studies or registries that may not be designed or randomized as a clinical trial, but important nonetheless. And then lastly, allocating that remaining supply as fairly as possible. We've worked to bring these together as part of a holistic decision-making framework 
across all of J&J. That is wonderful. Ethical and socially responsible frameworks are so necessary to everyone having to make difficult resource allocation decisions in facing the pandemic. And hopefully other organizations in life sciences and other industries are following suit. So speaking of difficult decisions, many conversations are happening around this trade-off between cost efficiency and flexibility of our supply chains. There's a notion that the relentless drive in the past you know, few decades to be lean and as efficient as possible has perhaps left our supply chains vulnerable to disruptions like this pandemic and that it can lead to critical shortages, especially in this industry. So how do you think about these trade-offs and what strategies would you recommend to prepare for such disruption? These are times that, that really stress our BCPs or business continuity planning as well as our supply chain risk management across our total value chains. What are these? It's really how we approach risk across our supply chain at all of our nodes and how we look to reduce these risks through careful planning and backups. Now, these backups can be alternate teams in place to carry out a function, could be alternate manufacturing sites or suppliers, or it could be through inventory at a given node or nodes within the supply chain or really any mix of these, just to name a few. But really the key point is that you've proactively thought through the implications on your supply chain, how to manage these risks, and what steps you want to have in place, and or what those trigger points are. Now, additionally, before there's an issue, you really want to go in and test your responses, learn from these tests, and make your plans and your supply chain stronger and more effective. Thinking from a very personal perspective, we have many compounds in our portfolio that are critical to our customers. Back to that first paragraph of our credo that I discussed, it could be someone's mother, father, sister, brother, or frontline worker, depending on that medicine to be in the right place at the right time. Now, as I think about the COVID-19 pandemic, it'll be critical for all of us, Sharon, to go back through our thinking and ensure that we run a full lessons learned on our supply chain and our responses to this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then turn these lessons into action and make the necessary changes so that we are more robust in the future when and if we see something like this or whatever the next issue might be. You've certainly given us and other supply chain leaders plenty of food for thought Thank you so much for your time, John. We really appreciated having you and getting to know your perspective. My guest today is John O'Hara, Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. And I'm Sharon Chehaver for the BTG Insights on Demand podcast. In upcoming episodes, we'll be talking with other experts about the unique challenges companies face during these unprecedented times and how independent on-demand talent from BTG can help. Please subscribe to these insights and more wherever you get your podcasts or visit businesstalentgroup.com if you'd like to start a project today. Thanks for listening.